it's a privilege to have a personal living relationship with the Lord. Amen. And it is a privilege and very special when, as a church, we get to in, engage, communicate, and respond to the living spirit amongst us. Isn't that incredible? This morning, I want to, I've got a little bit of a, a prophetic word on my heart the last couple of weeks. Um, I just felt the Lord speaking to me about a few things. And I want to land on a specific scripture and, and uh, be obedient to what I'm feeling on my heart. But before I do that, if you're new around here, my name is Werner. I'm one of the pastors here. It's awesome to have you here. Um, I promise you, if you moved here, it's not always rainy like this. Just when you go home, put on dry socks, you'll be okay. But welcome you. Just, just want to give a quick feedback. The, the last two weeks, my family, we were on a little bit of a mission trip. So I just want to show that first photo. Uh, some of you will know and remember Dylan. Can we go to that next slide? Do we have it there? We'll get there now. When we visited um, Dylan in Polakwane, and uh, Marlia and they are doing well. They... Um, took over and pastor a small church plant of about 20 to 35 people. And um, when we went there, we met many of, of the people that worked alongside them in the mission field. And there's health and there's teamwork and there's a love for the Lord. And even through the worship at church and everyone that was speaking, you could you could hear that the most important person in the church is Jesus. So I'm bringing you a good report. Please keep on praying for Dylan. Uh, there's also the pastors of uh, Shepherd Benin in that photo. I don't think many of you have met them. We also had the privilege to go on a little outreach to um, the orphan home. And this was also the, the place from where we adopted our daughter Talita. And it is... It is two kilometers from the house where Dylan and Maria live. So they've now connected and they got an open door to minister there. So there's just a little bit of feedback. Uh, please keep on praying for them. Um, send them uh, your prayers and encouragement as you remember them because they definitely miss you a lot. Uh, let's just take a moment. Don't you, don't you just want to take the hand of the person sitting next to you? Let's just pray for Shofar Polakwane. Just for a moment for Dylan and Maria for their marriage and for God's plan for that congregation to happen. So you can pray. Let's let's pray for them. to share one very encouraging thing <coughs> that we heard from the, this um, orphan home. They said most of the people that adopt little children still today are Christians. It's, it's God's people that, that adopt these young little lives. And so the hope in that is we, we see that God is taking children which for a moment, does not have hope, but then he puts them in homes where Jesus and the Holy Spirit gets introduced to those young children. And so it's a way of making disciples and changing the world. And so that was very encouraging to hear um, that God, is, God uses even a sad thing like an orphan child to bring them into homes of faith where there's great hope. Amen? So I want to... I'm calling this message Key Beliefs for an Accelerated Season. 
when things seemed to move fast, which in the day and age where we live in, it always feels fast, especially if you've got a lot of kids. But I want to go to a passage of scripture where things happened rapidly. But in that moment, uh, there were some things lifted out to me, which was in the disciples, which caused them to be fit for the rapid season, which caused them to be ready for the waves that came their way, for the opportunities. And I trust that this will be an encouragement to you as well. So let, let's open our hearts to the Holy Spirit to minister to us from the Scripture, but also prophetically. And, and I really trust for you for the ability to apply and take the Word into your life, especially if, if you are in a place where things are happening so fast and, and it feels like you're juggling a lot of things. Key believes for an accelerated season. Now, where I'm going to go for this is I'm going to go to Pentecost. I'm going to go to the events um, captured in Acts 1. Two. Um, it's a lot of things that happens. A lot of things happens in a small space of time. Uh, Jesus ascended into heaven. And what happens is after he ascended, the disciple goes back to their place and they enter an upper room and they pray. They commit themselves to prayer. What also happens in that time is Peter rises up and he addresses the fact that Judas fell away and that a new leader needs to be selected. There's a lot of things going on. Soon after that, the Holy, oh, the Holy Spirit fills the place with, with a sound, with a, with a rushing wind, and the people are drawn. There's a lot of people there for a feast in Jerusalem, but they are drawn to the sound, and they're coming out. Now, these are mostly Jewish people, but from different languages, from different places here for the feast, and they hear the disciples speaking in their own language. So if I say an accelerated season or a rapid time, you understand what I'm meaning. There's a lot of things happening. Peter rises up bravely and he preaches a very confronting message, but he preaches the gospel purely. And this is where we're going to pick it up. It's almost like the last line of his message in that next slide, verse 36, and then we're going to read a couple of verses. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have crucified. It's like the end of Peter's sermon. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And so those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Now that's a rapid season. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions, their belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts. He believes for an accelerated season. Let's head into this. What, what was in the heart of a disciple? What, what, what would we find there if we were to, if we were able, if we could open the ribcage and look into the spirits of the disciples during that very fast time? What would we find there? There's some elements I want to lift up for us this morning. Firstly, Acts 1 verse 14. After Jesus ascended, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. Together with the women, and Mary, the, mo sorry, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, 
we see the disciples, these were the ones that fell asleep just a while back when Jesus needed them to stay awake. But we see in this time a lot of growth. We see, we see expansion in the, in the lives of the disciples. We see them taking up their responsibility. But probably some of them would remember, the scripture's not on the screen, I'm just referring to it. In Mark 3 verse 14, Jesus, well, Jesus goes up to the mountain and he prays. And when he comes down, it says he, oh, sorry, just excuse me. Luke 6, he goes up the mountain, he prays through the night, and he comes down. And when he comes down, he selects his leaders, his apostles. So out of prayer, we see Jesus move. Then in Mark 3, we see, Jesus, we see the following words. It says, Jesus called them to himself that they may be with him, intimacy, and that he might send them out. So what we see is we see Jesus going to the mountain, praying, receiving direction. We see Jesus bringing the people to his chest and then sending them out. Here we see Jesus ascending into the heaven and the disciples, something clicks, they run to the upper room and they pray. They remember and they pull into his example. The first thing I want to lift up this morning is in an accelerated season, or one could say at the core of the gospel, if you want to, Disciples would realize that intimacy with Jesus is life. It's the analogy that we draw from the upper room. It speaks of intimacy. It speaks for that moment, not of the mission field. It speaks from a, to a drawing near to God. We're in this upper room and we are now devoting ourselves to prayer. And what is important is we cannot proceed. or We cannot advance as disciples if we don't get there. This is the first base. Not, I don't want us to think of levels, but let me put it this way. If I can run quite fast for a while, come to the Lord, I'm very excited, I want to do amazing things for Him. I can go fast for a while, but I will not go far if this thing does not settled in my life. If I do not have an upper room in my life, but speaking about myself, when you are not there in my home, if there is no upper room, a place of intimacy, reading and prayer, I cannot go far. And the same for, for everyone here. Isn't that true? I've been through easier times, and you've been through easier times and tougher times. As a family, Junai and I, we've been through easier times and tougher times, but there's one thing I know. When the upper room is working, every mountain seems scalable. Even the hardest of times, you know you can do it. Amen. But when the upper room is broken, the smallest of challenges is overwhelming. If you want to go far in the Lord, if you want to finish your race, you and I, we cannot advance past the upper room. They all went through it, the disciples, that would change the world on the other side. The upper room is the place where we don't read the Bible. We allow the Bible to read us. We change in the upper room. We get reconstructed in the face of the Lord. Let me give you one or two examples. The media or <coughs> TBN, all right? will tell you today, if you want to be, a, let me just use the example of a pastor. If you want to be a pastor, you must be dressed to kill in the most expensive clothes. And you, you must make an impression. But that's not what I learned in the upper room. What I learned in the upper room is that God wants to dress us on the inside with humility and beauty before him. And what is on the outside, it's better to be clean than filthy, your clothes, okay? But it's not that important. What is important is the substance of our heart. These are the things we get in the upper room. That's where we get that revelations. On TV and in social media, we are taught by the world right now, it's a world view, that you must take care to present your best side 
to the world. In the upper room, we learn of a different kind of room. We learn that brokenness before the Lord, humility. These are things that's precious in the Lord. And so what we find is when we go and present the parts of us that's not so beautiful to friends, we come alive and we make good friends because that's where friendship was started. You see, it's the upper room that teaches us to step out of the world and into the kingdom. How are you doing in your upper room? How are you doing? I hope you'll be encouraged if there was a time in your life where you committed to read and pray and maybe you stopped. I, I pray that you'll get back there. That you'll get back there because maybe some of the things that's sitting on you, maybe you've lost your joy, maybe you are easily offended, easily discouraged. The answer is in the upper room, not on a YouTube clip. Amen? Those motivational speeches, they will only take you that far. But the upper room will get you there. Amen? He believes for an accelerated season. There's things happening around. Even in a time where so many things happen, you, see, you don't see the disciples starting to run into the town. You see them pulling out. Let us follow in their example. Are you with me this morning? Let's go on. Let's go on. We are together. Acts 1 verse 15, in those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. Now, just a little bit of context. Peter, in Mark 14, tells Jesus, if everyone falls away, these guys here, let me tell you what, I will have your back. I will never fall away. You're there, Jesus, taking me up. Lo and behold, the same evening, just some people around the fire, some woman questioning him, he denies Jesus. In that moment, um, he, he, he fails. He, he acts, he was afraid. He acts as a coward, okay? I'm not saying that in a way that I'm better than him. I'm just, in that moment, it was acts of cowardice, all right? Because we're going to see a different Peter now. That's why I'm lifting that up. In those days, Peter stood up. Among the brothers in the company of persons was all about 120. He says, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. What happens? The first thing, before he preaches, he rises up as a leader amongst the apostles. And he says, we've got a problem here. We were 12, now we are 11. Judas fell away, but this was prophesied. And so what did we see Peter, who fell away, which was very wobbly, firstly, he rises up after a time of prayer, and he takes the place of a leader, and he leads a difficult conversation. And they select a replacement, Matthias, in the place of Judas, under Peter's leadership. We're starting to see a new man. Then in Acts 2 verse 14, the Holy Spirit has filled them, and Peter standing with the 11. Listen, I just want to make a disclaimer. This is not a sermon on Pentecost. Okay? This is not a sermon on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It happens in this section, but I am looking at four key things that we can find in the people. We'll have a sermon like that as well sometime, so don't hold a gun to my head. All right? This is not a sermon on Pentecost. <laughs> but Peter standing with the 11 lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judah, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my word. We see, G, we see Peter rising up and he preaches a confronting message. It's confronting because what he says at one stage, you killed Jesus. So a man that could not acknowledge that he knew Jesus a couple of weeks ago now stands up. He says, you killed him. <laughs> the man changed. He changed. And there's one very important thing we need to take from this. And Umfriki, we prayed it this morning. I was so happy when Umfriki said this. And that is that God can change people. And the second thing I want to lift up this morning, a key belief for you and me is expect wonderful things to happen in you. Not to you. We'll get there. Expect wonderful things to happen in you. When you are walking in relationship with the Lord and you are drawing into the upper room. 
This is very important. This is very important because what will determine your joy and your satisfaction in life is found there. Intimacy with the Lord and what He does in you. Now here again, we've got a contrast to the world. The world says now everyone else and what they do will determine whether you have joy or not. And so if your parents fail you, scrape them off. If that friend fails you, scrape them off. If your marriage doesn't work, walk away. But what the, the gospel teaches us is inner transformation is the key to joy. It's the key, all right? There's the change that must happen in my heart before the Lord that will determine my joy and my direction in life. Are you with me this morning? So when I came to the Lord as a young man, I was extremely confused. But this one thing I knew is I knew I got it. It fell in, it's a revelation the Lord gave me that wonderful things can happen in me over my life. Because when I met the Lord, I felt like, I get the feel like it's the I felt I messed up. I felt I wasted so many time. But I knew wonderful things could happen in my heart if I just allow the Lord. He would do it. And I want to give the same message to you this morning. Some of you here, you are frustrated with yourself and with others. The change needs to happen in your heart. It was not the audience that changed. It was Peter that changed. He was afraid, and now he was no longer afraid. He was scared of what the people would say. He was no longer afraid. Wonderful things can happen in you. And for some of us here, maybe this is a word for you. If you are married, it is not your spouse that must change. It is you. The wonderful thing must happen in your heart. Take care of that. God will work with the spouse. Amen. Wonderful things can happen in you if you are humble and broken before the Lord and ready to repent as He leads you. Pastor Andre spoke about it so powerfully a couple of weeks back. Repentance is a change of mind, a change of what you believe. Allow the Lord to touch what you believe. Let Him change the things in you by the gospel. Most people that I find unhappy and frustrated are always unhappy and going on about what other people are doing. But the people in which I found resilience is people that's always working on their own hearts. God showed me something that I should change. I should not look at this this way, but that way. God showed me I've got a pride heart. Even though there's mountains to go over for all of us, I see those people doing better in the Lord. Turn the word into your own heart and like Peter changed, you can change. Amen? Expect wonderful things to happen in you. Now, let's go on. Some incredible things happened. Divided tongues of fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That was a crazy thing that happened there. We also see those who received His word were were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. We see wonderful things happening. And so a very important belief in an accelerated season is that expect wonderful things to happen around you. They happen in you, and they happen around you. If we go to that next slide. This is important. We serve a God where every, anything is possible. And so people do change around us. That is also true. And our spouse, they also grow. Even though I start with myself, amazing things also happen around us. Isn't that incredible? And sometimes it's the simplest of things that has a massive effect. Last week I spoke to someone in one of the other congregations that said they had no friends. And then they came to church. And they wanted to leave. But someone made coffee and put it out. And because there, were, there was coffee, they stopped. They put some coffee in a cup. 
They started to drink. And then a friendly person came and stood next to them. And that person would never be the same because they made a friend that became part of a church. Now sometimes when we do things that seems basic, like putting a hot beverage in one of those squeezy things at the back, just making coffee, we think these are small things, but it sets us up for wonderful things to happen. So I want to encourage you this morning, however small your service to the Lord might feel to you, you don't know the effect it has when we all bring our gifts. Expect wonderful things to happen around you. Some of us, we've been praying for our family and for our friends. Let's keep up the hope. They don't carry our joy. They don't carry our lot. God does that. But as we pray for them, as we reach out, let's also expect incredible things to happen around us. Your company can change. I know your company can change because you are there. And God sent you there. Be a praying employee. Wonderful things can happen in this town, in the school where you work, in the place where you, where you live, in your street. Pray. <laughs> Wonderful things can happen around you. Because God can do miracles. Almost done. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day attending the temple and the breaking of bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. One of the key beliefs in the heart of a disciple that makes him resilient is this, that perfect Jesus makes you a part of his hurting bride as he prepares her to meet him. We see the people pulling into the church in that very rapid time. We see, we see not each one going their own way, doing their own thing. We see the people coming together into an imperfect church with a perfect God. And each one finds his place. We would read later in Corinthians. If we want to go far, we need to keep these things in our hearts. And I want to just spend another minute or two on um, point number four. Is I want to tell you that if you are added to this church, that means that you have a gift that needs to be expressed in this church. Okay. And don't think a small expression cannot make a big difference. The question is rather, are you bringing what God has placed in you back to Him? Just like the, the loaves of bread and the fish. I also want to challenge you. Maybe you are new around you. Maybe you moved from another town. Maybe you came from Gauteng. A lot of us here <laughs> the last couple of years. And you're just so glad for a moment, you're just so glad to be a part of a perfect church because you didn't enjoy where you was. I just, there's a rude awakening waiting for you. This is not a perfect church because there is no such thing. But it is a church nonetheless. Part of the greater church of God. And together, all of us that works together in the kingdom, we are hurting but we are being perfected. And the question is one day, where, will he find me as a part of his bride or not? And that's why I want to encourage you to pull in and press in and help. Amen.
because he has placed wonderful things in you. And you've walked a journey and a life and you've learned some things and you've got maybe more to give than what you realize. I also just want to encourage you, if you are a senior maybe and you felt, man, um, I'm a grandpa and a grandma now and, uh, uh, you know, these youngsters as as I live here, you know what, please, please partner with us in prayer. Even if you cannot come out as much, please, this, please get in the upper room and pray, pray, pray. Pray for us. Pray for yourself. Pray for the family. That's one way in which we bring our gifts. Amen? Is to pray. Many of us, we are here today because there was a grandma <laughs> that prayed. And then lastly, I, I just want to finish off with this. I'm talking about a rapid time. I'm talking about a time of acceleration where sometimes we feel like we're not where we should be or we feel like I just want to read something out of Genesis 28 and then I'm going to conclude. This is where Jacob connects with God in a dream. But before that, listen, this is not an ideal family. God chose them uh, not because they were perfect. So Opa on two occasions, told rulers that his wife is not his wife, and there was almost big problems. And then his dad, Isaac, he did the same. And then when his dad wanted to bless his brother, his mother helped him deceive the father. <laughs> this is not the healthiest of families. A perfect God, imperfect church, you see. And now he's running away from his family he loves. And he will be deceived by his uncle Laban. For seven years, he will receive the wrong wife. This is not a perfect life. But on his journey, he dreams. And the heavens open. And there's angels. And on the imperfect journey, he says the following. He awoke from his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And I've, I've got a word for some people here this morning. And that is, you might feel you're in the lo- lo- wrong lane. You might feel this journey. I want to tell you, if you represent yourself to the Lord, you will say, surely the Lord is here. I did not deceive. But there is hope. God is where you find yourself right now. Allow him to lead you. And you will find you are not discarded. Here the man is running away. He's all alone. Running from, away from his mom and dad and from his brother. Yet, God was in him. And God helped him. And the same is true for you. Can we pray this morning? Can we just go to that previous slide and leave it up, please? Let's stand up. Let's stand up and respond. If you can stand, if you need to sit, that's all right. I want you for a moment just to close your eyes and just say the following words to the Lord. Say, Lord, where am I right now? What's happening, Lord? What are you doing in my life right now? And then what I want you to do is I want you to look to the screen and I want you to scan through some of the things that was found in the disciples during this time of Pentecost, which helped them to be healthy and resilient. And I want to ask you to see if there's one of those that pops up to you where you realize, okay, this is where I need to go to work. This is where I need to focus. Maybe there's one or two that just jumps up and you say, okay. I want to ask God to help me with this or with that. Then take a minute and just mention that to the Lord, just where you are standing. But you cannot start at number three if number one is empty.
because something else will take the place of God. You have to start with one. And I want to encourage you, and I want to force you, but I want to encourage you to maybe make a commitment to the Lord in your heart to build an upper room again in your home where no one watches. When you go and pray, go into your room, close the door. And you'll pray to the Father who sees what's going on in secret in that room. Maybe you've got an upper room, but you've been extremely fixated about what other people do, what other people say, what they've not done. Ask the Lord to rewire your heart, to understand the season you are in, to give you grace, to give you the grace to also accept. Here's the thing, some people will never do what you want them to do. You have to accept that. There's great peace in that revelation. And with other people, there will be great unity, harmony. Find your peace. you've lost your hope expect wonderful things to happen around you maybe there's many parents here that is that's worried sick or heartbroken expect wonderful things to happen God saves people God can save your children he saved me to your people this morning. Such a delicate morning, Lord. It's like you come to us this morning not with not with a sword to cut, but almost with a cloth to, to wash and wipe us. Just sense that you are here as the carer in our midst, the good shepherd. And I pray that you will shepherd every heart I must make a moment for prayer, so I just want to invite you to sit down and you we don't have time, especially if, we've, if we have parents, there's always children on us so I want to I give us three minutes for you to sit and reflect and pray, but you are also welcome if you want to, to reflect and pray with the person you came with, if you want, if you came with your wife with your wife or with a friend you're welcome to reflect with them, say listen what is the Holy Spirit saying to you also welcome to take this as a, as, a, as a personal moment. So let me give you three minutes to take the word in. If you're sharing with someone, you may also offer to pray with them.
thank you everyone for your for your attention and your willingness to listen and struggle with, with the word I can see I can see God just moving in the garments and that's so awesome you are formally dismissed we're going to be in front a couple of facilitators if you've got a very specific prayer request we'd love to pray with you if you want to pray about your relationship with the Lord or anything that's on your heart then we'll be here but you are formally dismissed and you're welcome to grab a coffee or tea and share the moment with someone. God bless you. children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning 